time to hear from the voice of the San Francisco 49ers. It's time for the Greg Papa Show. Brought to you by Harris Ranch Beef. To find out how you can enjoy Harris Ranch Beef, go to harrisranchbeef.com. Good morning, voice of the 49ers, Greg Papa. Always fun to hear your voice. Part of that's probably because I associate your sweet, sultry sounds with the weekend, but it's also because you have a damn fine personality. How are you? Sultry? Uh, you know, I don't think I haven't called sultry before, but that's good. <laughs> okay, I first like time. Word. Yeah, first time for everything. I have a. Uh, uh, as we get started, this came across my desk. Um, uh, <laughs> this came across my desk during the break, Greg. I wanted to share it with you because uh, you two are a uh, father. Uh, according to a study, Greg, researchers at the University of Illinois Chicago conducted four separate studies involving kiddos, and I'm not lying. This is the top line. Buying little kids toys can make them happier. (laughs) I never thought of that. Okay, but here's the question. If you buy too many little kids toys, Uh when they grow up to be big kids Uh and they're out of control, spoiled brats, is that that advice? (laughs) How do you handle that? My daughter is 13 going on 22, and... We, we always have her make two lists for her Christmas and birthday. We have her make a wish list that's never happening and then a realistic list that will happen. So the uh, the new iPhones, iPads, uh, Air Force Ones, special code, good luck. Uh, you're, you're getting undies and, uh, you know, if it was up to me. If it, Underwear if, from Santa Claus? If it's Come up on. to me, Greg, she's getting a bunch of stuffed animals and some crayons, but my wife always steps in. Get her an iPhone. See, my problem was I spoiled the kids. Yeah. I always wanted to make them happy, especially on Christmas. Christmas morning, that was one of the, the it was a mix of emotions because we'd be up all night making sure, you know, Santa got through the chimney and everything was wrapped beautifully and he ate his Gucci cookies and all that. <laughs> yeah. And I'd get to bed when that was all set in the wee hours and the kids would be up at 6 a.m. and mm-hmm. I'd crank Bruce Springsteen and Santa Claus is coming to town. Right. And they'd come down and then it's such a great celebration, but invariably all one of them would pick out a gift they didn't get or one they didn't like and then you'd be looking at the room and it'd be look it looked like Disneyland just threw up all over the right. living room. And I'm like, they're a bunch of spoiled brass. Why do we have to get all of this? So no, but I love it and I it brings me back to my youth when I was a kid. You know, your daughter's thirteen going on twenty two. Yeah. My twins just turned twenty two. Wow. The other day on Wednesday, December the ninth. And you would think that they're thirteen. The way they they handle their birthday, I mean, they're like little kids. It's yeah. unbelievable. Once you get to be a certain, I think turning, for me, 18 was a drinking age uh, when I was young, so that was a big, you know, 16 to get the driver's license, 18 to go out and get a beer. 18? 18? Now, yeah, we had 18 in New York. Wow. Yeah, it was 18. Good for yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Lucky. That made uh, last year of high school a lot of fun, and all throughout college it was a lot of fun. I don't know, I don't know what I would have done in college. Well, you just drink in the dorm. You'd have drank anyway. I mean, you find a way to do it. Do I don't know. Go else. to class, maybe? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, now, well, come on. Come on. Syracuse yeah. hard, but that'd be it. So, uh, anyway, so certain birthday, after you get to, like, 21 or so, it's kind of like, uh, now I'm getting older. And even when you're in your mid-20s. But my kids just love, they love every birthday, and they think it should be like a birthday month. And uh, So they just turned 22 the other the other day. My, my two of them, they're, they're twins, so wow. boy-girl set, so it was great. You know what we did? We, uh, and I don't even think we did this when they were babies. 
Well, we got them the fake, uh, the trick candles ah. that you can't blow out. Yep. And now both of my kids are pretty highly intelligent, and they're they're so into unwrapping their gifts, unwrapping their gifts, they'd blow the candle out and then look away. And I'm look, you didn't get that candle out. It's back. You gotta you gotta blow that out. What's wrong with you? You know, give it give it a good. You're not working out enough. Give it a good. <laughs> And they'd blow it out hard, and then they'd look away, and five seconds later, it's flickering back. They had yes. no, they're like, these candles are broken. They're <laughs> defective. I'm like, no. what did you think I was going to give you? I'm the ultimate bad, do- bad uh, dad joke. You're smart. Guy. You're so s- I, gave him, I gave him the, uh, the candles they couldn't blow out. You're so. smart because you waited. Uh, we did that once. It was with my daughter. It was her fifth birthday. I will never forget it. Because she had five candles, they would not blow out. So she, being the smart girl she is, she spit on them. And, of course, there went there went mom's cake. And uh, so she, uh, yeah, we, we kind of cut our way around it. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's probably the right thing to do. You couldn't douse them in the water before she did that? Oh, it's one of those things. Well, uh, I'd still eat the cake anyway. Right. Did. We did. I mean, What's if the I mean, difference if she spits out right. of it or if it's all over her face? What's the difference? If I'm being honest, listen, any, any parent yeah. knows at that point, they're your kids. You've seen it all. You're good. We had the cake. It was fine. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, I'm going to try to transition Set into some football nicely, talk. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Always business. Hey, you you know have what? our cake and eat it too, you're saying. I got it. Does yeah. it, it doesn't feel like Christmas morning for 49ers fans this season, you know, deflating loss to the Bills last week, Greg. The the Niners obviously aren't mathematically out of the playoffs yet, but it's going to be an uphill battle. What is one storyline over these next four weeks that you're going to be really looking at with this team? Uh, well, there's quite a few. Um, I would say Richard Sherman, uh, if he can play a little bit better and get back to what Richard Sherman was before, because right now he's just, you know, he's lining up eight yards off the line of scrimmage and he's still, you know, motoring out. He's backing off and uh, Buffalo won at him a little bit. Uh, you know, he was forced to grab Stephon Diggs. So uh, he would be probably the big one as you look forward to next year. The continued development of Daniel Brunskill at center, Javon Kinlaw in the interior line. Um, and then I think probably the big one is going to be if Jimmy Garoppolo comes back and George Kittle. And I think there's there's different dynamics for, for them. You know, it would be what's the record so say they come back for games 15 and 16. Can you beat Washington and Dallas to get to 7-7 seven and seven to feel good about bringing them back? Uh, if you win one, lose one, or lose both, uh, what do you do then? And then with Jimmy, there's the complicated element of what if he comes back and plays and he gets hurt? Because yeah, you, can't, you can't cut injured players in any sport. Um, you know, it could be an injury settlement or something. If you are looking to make a quarterback change in the offseason, that could be a problem. And that came up with Cap uh, many years ago. So, anyway, I, I probably that. I could go through the roster and bring out a few more. I think they got to settle the safety position. Tarverius Moore had a huge setback. All those uh, secondary busts, uh, at least three of them were, were his fault and two resulted in touchdowns. So, um, you know, what they're going to do in the back end, uh, and then the young guys just developing, and then you know the two big stars on the team, Jimmy and George. Uh, will we see them at all this year? And if Jimmy does not come back, what does that all mean for 2021 and beyond? Well, and and Richard said yesterday, and he, he's such a smart dude. You know, he said, "I see basically, I see the writing on the wall: 30 million in cap room, and uh, Trent's going to get about 20 of it." Uh, he he doesn't see himself uh, here, and I'm curious. We were talking about this earlier. I, I know Richard's not. 
what he was with the Seahawks, and a lot of that is injury. But how would you rate him? Screw the injuries. When he when he's on the field, how much of a step do you think he's lost? Well, what they what they judge this by, and you know, there are bogus awards like Pro Bowls and all those that are mm-hmm. voted on people that don't look at it. But uh, the, the the GMs and the executives in the leagues league has, has a way to quantify that, and it's called U.S. currency. Right. How much are we going to pay you? Right. So uh, Richard is, first of all, this is the first time, obviously, I've been around him. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I, I had the experience of being around him. Uh, hopefully it'll continue. But, uh, you know, if it doesn't, uh, he's different than what you thought of in Seattle, you know, eating the turkey on the 50 and uh, going off on Crabtree to, to Aaron Andrews after a game. Uh, he's that. You know, that's what brings out, you know, his bombast to be able to play. But as a teammate, not only the guys in the locker room, but everybody in the organization, he is an incredible person. He is so uplifting and positive and smart and just always got your back kind of guy. I, I've done a couple of functions with him for charity, and he is incredible. He is an incredible person, the way he always defends his teammates, whether it's Garoppolo or a fellow member of the secondary that may bust a coverage or anybody in the organization. He's never... There's never been a moment, I think, where you would say, boy, that looks badly on the organization. Uh, But you you brought up what he said to the media, and he's obviously highly intelligent, uh, but he's also cunning. Uh, He knows what he's doing. And um, the response would be he's he's trying to, you know, portray this as they've got 40 free agents. They've got to sign Trent. He brought up Fred Warner yesterday. I don't know if Fred Warner is going to get new money right away. You don't have to do that. You could, you could extend that deal. Next year, it'll be year four of a four-year deal. You don't have to tear it up. And they probably would not want to do that when the salary cap's going down next year uh, with nobody, you know, coming in to see games. So uh, you could tack on, you know, 18 a year for Fred, but that would not start in the 22, so that wouldn't relate to him. Uh, there are other people, check and Jason Verrett and others you got to address. But the real bottom, he's making it out like they can't afford me. Well, what do you think he's going to get offered? Seriously. Uh, he's not going to – I don't yeah. – you know, the 49ers highly incentivized that contract when he came here and he negotiated his own. It was a three-year 30 just to make it, you know, round numbers. There were a lot of, you know, loopholes, including uh, per-game roster bonuses he had to hit and making Pro Bowls and things like that. And they, they gave him bonuses they didn't have to give him because they he would have projected anyway when he, they took him off the field to miss a game uh, for their own best interest last year against Atlanta. Uh, they gave him the money anyway. So, anyway – but he's making it out like, you know, they got so many other guys to pay. And Trent's looking at making huge money. I mean, David Bakhtiari in Green Bay got a lot of money to play yeah. left tackle. So, I, you know, that just blows away what Tunsil makes. So, you know, you're Trent going to make 25 or so? That's a lot. Anyway, so I to answer your question, let's see what he's offered in the offseason. And I don't – it's not going to be a, a – I don't think anybody's going to insult him and offer him the veteran minimum. He'd probably retire. But he doesn't look good right now. And is it because he's coming back too early to prove that he can come back and play? Or is the Achilles injury of a couple of years ago shutting off, setting off a series of of uh, events, that the calf now, what's going on? He's not playing the same. He's not playing the same technique. Uh, he's smart, and he knows how to uh, you know, be effective. But he's late arriving on transition. Uh, so I, I'm not sure, you know, he may be getting an indication from the 49ers, we don't want to resign you. Now, they may be being nice about it and saying, oh, sure, we got all these free agents we got to sign. But the reality is 
what, what's he going to get on the open market? So I, I don't think it's going to be a big figure. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he's going to have to play better. He's got four more games the rest of the year to show that this is just he came back early to help a team try to make the playoffs, and he is a better player. Or he could easily dismiss it. Well, I played hurt at the end of last year. Don't don't judge me on the last six games of the year. If, in fact, the last four go like the – and he was better against the Rams, but still he's not he's not lining up the same way as he used to. He's playing a whole different technique to cover up, but he's smart. You know, he can't move the way he used to. So I think the bottom line is what will any team uh, give Richard Sherman? The voice of the 49ers, Greg Papa, joining us this morning. Greg, I want to go back to what you were saying about Jimmy G and possibly suiting up in those last couple games. Is him playing at all, whether it's the final week or the final two weeks, do you think that's going to have any sort of indication on what the Niners are going to do with him next year in the sense of if he plays, does that have any bearing on whether or not he's back with his franchise next year? Well, say they win the last four games of the regular season, Jimmy quarterbacks two of those, and they win four in the playoffs and they win the Super Bowl, that would certainly change. (laughs) Sure. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, there are events that could change your thought, but do they know who Jimmy Garoppolo is? Hell yes, they know who he is. Uh, But I would think it's important for Jimmy, like I was talking about with Sherm, Jimmy had one game where he was healthy this year the opener against Arizona, and he did not play his best football. In fact, I I think from start to finish, it was the worst game he's ever played here. Uh, I thought his Super Bowl game was very uneven, not just the fourth quarter missed throws. He he missed plays earlier in the game. He made good throws, obviously, touched on a use check. Uh, The corner route to George, the offensive pass interference call against Sorensen in the Super Bowl. But uh, overall, I thought he missed a lot of throws. But the Arizona game, the first game this year, he missed a lot of throws. I counted seven, eight throws that he missed, two at the end, the stutter and go to Kendrick Bourne, which could have been a game-winning touchdown. He was late getting it out, the out to Trent Taylor on the fourth down at the end of the game. He was late, and he threw it back towards the middle. It got out of the way, and you lost. So he, that was not a great game. Okay, it's just the first game. We didn't have any real offseason. We didn't have a preseason. I kind of sensed that watching practice going into the opener that the passing game is going to be a little bit off here. They just don't have – they don't have it down. They don't have synchronicity with the quarterback and the wide receivers, the backs, the tight ends, all of it, because they haven't worked together. It's just, you know, it's dance steps. Um, so then, you know, let's go out and play. Then right away the next game, first play of the game, Mostert has a touchdown, 80 yards. The next series you get it back. Jimmy gets hit right away. Quinn and Williams hits him, and he has that high ankle, and he goes out. He only plays the rest of the half. He played great, but he didn't come back in the second half. He missed 10 quarters. Uh, came back and played, you know, obviously a very poor game against Miami. And then he labored throughout many games. He played well in New England. He had good games. The Ram game on Sunday Night Football, he played well. But there's no doubt uh, he was never completely 100% healthy. And then the Seattle game, he gets hurt again, didn't play well. So if you're Jimmy Garoppolo and there's an uncertainty with your contract where they can wig a lot of it this offseason, and Don Yee's their agent, aren't they, you know, if Jimmy, once Jimmy gets medically cleared, from the doctors, he wants to play. But then the other side of it would be, if we're mathematically out of it or if it's very, very dim, I think they probably play him if they had any chance mathematically. But if they don't, then you're into, well, if we play him and he gets hurt, then what do we do? Then we got to, you know, if he can't pass a physical come April the 1st, we got to pay him. So now he's our quarterback no matter what because we can't bring another quarterback. Maybe we could draft one later, but still – you know, Jimmy's going to make about $25 million next year. So that's the 
that's the whole thing where um, – so your point would be, do, do they want to put him in there the last two games of the year? If they play Jimmy Garoppolo and they're mathematically out when they play Arizona and Seattle the final two games, and then, then I think that's a strong indication that they want Jimmy to come back and be the quarterback because that's a huge risk to play him if he would get hurt at the end of the year. You'd have to pay him. Greg Papa with us. We're almost out of time, but we, we were screwing around with a question this week. I always like to save a – an off-football question for you because you are a, a radio guy, of course. We were looking at the ESPN rankings for whatever they're worth. First time in their ranking history, the number one and number two ranked player on the same team. And, of course, that's the the dumb Los Angeles Lakers. And, oh. Yeah. Really? Yeah, LeBron. Is Kevin Durant still in the NBA or he retired? He, they, I think they had him number six, uh, and they had Giannis number three. AD was two, LeBron number where's, one. Where's Kawhi? Uh, Kawhi, I think, was number four or five. Um but that, of course, means the duo uh, is, is according to ESPN, the top two. Started to make me think. First time since when? Uh, first time in the history of their rankings that two players. They, uh, they've been doing them since how long? Uh, I want to say 20 years, maybe. So that made me think about L.A. duos. Um, if you go Magic Kareem, you go Shaq Kobe, and you go uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis. Do do LeBron? You're not gonna go Wilt and Jerry. You're just gonna eliminate them. Or, um. Okay. Let's or go. Or Elgin and Jerry, uh, or yeah. Elgin and Wilt, or Gale and Jerry. Uh, I mean, Kobe and Ron Artest. They, yeah. No, I, well. Do uh. <laughs> do, you did do, watch basketball before 1980, correct? <laughs> you, I I did, but I was also drinking apple juice pretty heavy. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, do, do LeBron out of a sippy cup? Are yeah, you saying uh, probably uh, a bottle at that point? But okay, yeah, right. do, do LeBron and AD have a chance to uh, to uh, be at the top there? Oh, do you think wow. too late? Just in Laker history? And, and I'm talking that yeah. If you were going to take just 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 purple and gold, we're yeah. not going any duo in the history of pro. Just purple and gold. We're not going you know Scotty and Michael, which I think is number one. That to me is number one. Scotty and Michael. I think the best duo of all time. I, I think it's between them and maybe Shaq and Kobe. Who am I missing? My missing one, you'd say no. Well, Tim and David were pretty good. They were pretty uh, good. Steph and Kevin Durant were pretty good. What about, Car- um, what about Malone and Stockton, even though they didn't win championships? But still. Uh, I wouldn't put Stockton quite on that level. Okay. But Stockton was a good player, obviously, but Carl was a dominant player. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, okay. Julius and Moses, there, there were, you oh. know, there, there have been guys that have dominated, um, mm-hmm. Hall of Famers that have played together. Um, uh, just in Laker history, you're asking me who's my favorite duo of all time. Yeah, just Laker, because then you can't include Papa and Ryan. That's not. That happen. would be. I think it would be Chick Hearn and Hot Rod Hunter. That is that, my that's, choice. That's the right but, answer. Um, that is the right answer. I mean, I would go with. Uh, I would go with Magic and Kareem. Okay, Curry and Thompson make the top ten. Uh, we're talking all positions and not just guards. All position. Um, uh, all positions. Uh, best duos. Well, I would put. You know, Steph and KD into that. Oh, 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 you're, you know what? You're right. You're right. Are you into that? I mean, I love Clay. And you're I'm right. not saying he's not important. Clay you're is correct. a tremendous on ball defender and a terrific player, but yeah. Kevin Durant. You're right. Is, you're correct. I mean, are they, are, did they, do they, well, they're not Lakers, so they didn't get ranked. No. So, no, yeah. No. All yeah, right. I'd have to go Magic and Kareem. Okay. You? Okay. All right. And, and with all a, great, you know, I, I could go Jerry West and the Dipper. I mean, sure. Wilt, as, Wilt as a Laker wasn't quite as dominant as he was as a, a warrior or a sixer, you know, he was good as a Laker, but he wasn't as dominant. Well, How about uh, Lou Alcindor, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, mm-hmm. and Oscar? Ooh. That was a pretty damn good duo. Those are both uh, first ballot Hall of Famers right there. 
they're no. Are you kidding me? They're no. They're no. They're starting in the game. <laughs> when we're starting our Hall of Fame five, Oscar's uh-huh. playing guard and Kareem's playing center. They're no Papa and so, Ryan. I mean, Kareem shows up on on two of the lists, right? I would think so. To me, the greatest statistical player in NBA history. He, he always gets. Yeah, yeah. I, I, one of my favorite games to play is to ask smart people who are your top five NBA players of all time, and I'm telling you more often than not, Kareem's not in there. He's, uh, he's number one. I, I, I'm, I'm with, Greg, I'm with you. I, I, I think he's, Six NBA championships, six MVPs. 19-time All-Star, I believe. Yeah, That's pretty and, good. And he's the leading scorer of all time. Yeah. Which, and it, he it, was pretty good at Power Memorial. Yeah, And he bit. was fairly effective player, as I recall, for Coach Wooden in UCLA. In three so. years, because he couldn't play as a freshman. Well, his freshman team did beat yes. the reigning NCAA champion right. UCLA varsity team. And oh, so by the way. All you need to know about Lou Alcindor. And so maybe, anyway, and maybe yeah. Maybe the most amazing thing in sports to me, possibly, is that the leading scorer of all time in the NBA had the most unstoppable offensive move of all time, and yet they don't teach that move. How is the sky hook not a part of the game? Joe Barry Carroll shot that. But Joe Barry Carroll, I mean, that, again, you know, 20 plus. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, how do we not have big men coming out of the uh, out of college knowing how to, uh, to shoot the most? Because the sky hook has evolved into the jump hook. Yeah, you're right. Which is a difficult shot to get to. But the thing about Kareem, he shot the sky hook because he was so tall and his arms were so long. When yeah. he released the ball from his hand, it went down to right. the basket. Well, incredible. That incredible. is the uh, NBA historian Greg Papa, voice of the uh, San Francisco 49ers. And, uh, wow, we got all over the place today, uh, didn't we? You know what? I love it. I love it. That's why I love talking to you so much. Started with uh, birthday cake and spoiling kids yep. and ended with uh, Kareem. Yeah, don't forget, yeah. buying little kid toys makes them happier. <laughs> That's what we've learned today. Thank yeah, you, sir. Maybe too happy. You don't want them too happy. <laughs> don't spoil them. Have maybe a great weekend, my want. friend. We'll, we'll talk to you in a you week. You too. Talk okay. to you next week. Have Take a good care. one.